This is Dumb Line, the podcast of dumb crimes and even dumber criminals. I feel nice. Like sugar and spice. <laughs> so nice. So nice. I got dumb line. Boom, 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 boom. Man. Hello, dummies. I am Greg. Aw- that was awesome. This uh, is Dumb Line, the podcast of dumb crimes and dumb criminals. It's like Dateline, but dumb. I am joined by my golfing buddy, Jason. What's going on? That was awesome, man. Well, thanks. Yeah, and great. our resident witch, Maria. <laughs> hey, dummies. Good job, Greg. That was awesome. Oh, thanks. I'm going to help everybody out. I'm feeling generous today. So I went to a wedding on Friday. Beautiful wedding. Very nice. But I struggled all day, threw it out on Twitter, like, what's the appropriate gift in cash for a second cousin? And, like, I think, like, Vogue and those places say, like, 50 to 100, which seems cheap. Yeah, I would say, what would you guys I, would do? say I would say 150 to 2. Yeah. All right. We did 150, which yeah. seemed yeah. to be in the yeah. ballpark. That's, yeah. yeah. But, you know, like, coworkers are 50 bucks. You can't. No. There's no way 50 bucks. <laughs> no. No. no way. No. So there you go. That was for a second cousin. Close friend. You got up it, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. And I also sat there. I wonder. It also you, depends on where it is as well. Like, Oh, yeah. Not a destination. Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's not a destination or if, or if like, you're, you go to, like, the Ritz-Carlton. Like, you, you, you know, I know that. They say that's passe to wait to is. see what it's like. I guess back in the day, it is, really, it's, it, people wow. would show up with a card with a blank check, and depending on what the spread was like and stuff, that would be uh, how they would alter. Well, no, I would say you get it. You get it from the invite. So if it's like you're invited, and you know the weddings of like the Ritz Carlton, you're like, yeah. oh shit, I got to give like. You know, if, if they're like dumb enough to spend three hundred dollars a person, that's their choice. <laughs> yeah. Like, why do we have to that's cover true. for that stupidity? We're just paying it's them true. back, really. It's I mean, that's just I mean, like that's the thing. We're just helping them. Break let me loan you a meal, and then you know what. If I'm going to spend three hundred dollars for a meal, I'm going. I'm going to like Del Frisco, yeah. or like I'm going somewhere where I want to go. So, are you at, when you go to weddings? Uh, there's like three types of people: there's dancers, there's talkers, and then there's observers. Which one are you of those three? I'm a talker. Used to talk to people at the table. Yeah, talk mm-hmm. to people at the table. Talk to people at the bar. You know. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm all three. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I a dancer. I take turns. Oh, I'm, I'm not, a dancer. I'm not oh my a dancer. god, I'm totally I'm a, dancer. a dancer. You just dance from gecko. You one of the first people up there. Not that, that's one of the a first, bold move. Well, no. It if it's like people my best friend, like <laughs> if it's my best friend, I'd be the first one up there. Not for like my cousin's cousin. Right, like right. I'm not going to be like woo. <laughs> Let's go. Oh. Yeah. But you're a dancer. I am a dancer. I'm a talker, and I'm also an observer. I have to have a good table that I can watch the dance floor. I need. I don't dance much. It happens, but I, I need to watch the dance I floor. I love watching the dance floor. Yeah. Watching the dance floor is some of the best stuff you can find. <laughs> yeah, true. So if anyone out there wants to invite me to your wedding, if you give me a, a table where I can watch the dance floor, I will come. And, and I've also learned this. While people, young people, like country music, pop music, that's on their call, they don't like to dance to it. This guy played a bunch of those songs and not a big reaction for dancing. Hmm. Dancing is dancing dead. To pop no. country, it is. That's yeah. all I'm I mean, saying. It doesn't it, lend itself to you, dancing. But where do you really see dancing anymore? Like clubs aren't like huge anymore. Like, does anybody go out dancing? Like, we were just at a club this weekend oh, we on were, Saturday night, and people oh, were we dancing were, everywhere. We were, what are you we talking were, about? I completely forgot about that. <laughs> we were at that club. 
The night was crazy. We were at a club, Maria. <laughs> I'm surprised. Yeah. I want to hear all about that. Yeah. All right, Maria, give us a headline. Extra, extra, read all about it. Extra, extra, read all about it. This week's headline is from Fox 35, March uh, 22nd, 2023, in Marion County, Florida. Florida man slaps woman with slice of pizza during argument. Uh, that's Deputy so disrespectful. Said. You got to see what it's kind of like flop the, there is on that pizza. It's like is the, it a misdemeanor or a thuff? It's like the like the old school glove. Instead of the yeah. glove, like like he challenge you to a duel, but it's like a fucking but that's, fresh slice yeah, of pizza. That's got to be the floppy one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it has it's not to Sicilian. Be. Oh, it can't be Sicilian. That would be ineffective. Sicilian, that would be ineffective. It's like out. a punch. Yeah, it is like a punch. You So... So in the article about Ortelio Alfonso, who's the man who slapped a woman with a pizza, um, the article notes that there was <laughs> sauce and cheese spatter on the face of the victim and on the walls and the ceiling of the house where the incident took place. Oh, shit. That's hot. Like hot cheese oh, and sauce man, that, and a pizza. Yeah, that could Ooh, He that had could've. to hit her hard if, that's on the, if there's sauce on the ceiling. I'm surprised the officers investigating this were like, let me see the ki- the kitchen. I want to see if there's like, spatter. See, like crime scene. <laughs> like, yeah, there's like Dexter's like, like where there, is the oregano? Like numbers? Was yeah. there numbers yeah. next to each pizza splatter? Now, where were, you, where were you standing? There's no way the splatter could be at this angle. Angle if you were standing over yeah. here, they have like the protractors, the, the yard yeah. where they're like, yeah, doing like the bullet tracing. Oh, <laughs> they're, they're doing more of that than they do to solve other crimes. Oh, man. oh it's funny. All right, let's get going, Marie. Give us a dumb ditty. Okay, this episode is what happens when a millionaire meets two greedy and diabolical morons. I learned about this case in a book called The Poisoner's Handbook by Deborah Bloom. Other sources include Rice Magazine, The New York Times, the New England Historical Society, Texas State Historical Association, and other outlets. And then after putting this all together, I realized this was recently covered in episode one of the podcast, Barry Bones, which is a forensic and historical perspective. So they do a great job. We got coverage in New England and Texas. Massachusetts, Texas, eventually New York. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. All right. William Marsh Rice is born March 14th, 1816 in Springfield, Massachusetts. At 15, he becomes a grocery store clerk after leaving school, and he opens his own store by the time he's in his early 20s. By 1838, William has moved to Galveston, Texas, and then on to Houston, where he begins a mercantile that, like, you oh. know... 1800s Walmart. cotton lumber like, any kind like, of supplies like a, like a Walmart of the, yeah. the 1800s yeah um, everything's it's in Walmart. barrels and they probably don't have a greeter either not have no, a dashery so it's, 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 like <laughs> it's more like Costco if it's just everything's in barrels yeah exactly mm. exactly um, so he establishes the William M. Rice Company and begins amassing that kind of wealth that is often ascribed to merchants where it's like you you sell mm. cotton, you sell timber, you sell, you know, yeah. like he's materials just, he's just rolling, and like, he's yeah, just he's in all in kinds it. of industries. Is he, uh, he's wealthy enough that they name a university after him? Maybe, oh. uh, maybe eventually. Oh. I wonder if they, I, I wonder if those, they're called the owls. <laughs> and I think that's Temple. No, but. There's multiple. Oh, there are? Okay, yeah. so maybe this yeah. one is, okay. 
So as a result of his mercantile business, William becomes one of the wealthiest men in Texas, worth $1 million by 1865. So it should also be noted that William owns 15 slaves for a period of time and serves on the Harris County Slave Patrol for a year. So slave patrols are groups of civilians who control and monitor enslaved people. Boo. Yes, boo is is putting it lightly for sure. Mm -hmm. Somehow, though, William decides to side with the Union during the Civil War. It's probably better for his financial. Yeah, yeah. Business. Yeah. He's business like, decision. he sees you know the. Who, you know who yeah. loves cotton? The North. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Jason, good point. <laughs> you know who can buy cotton? The North. <laughs> so William decides to move to New York in about 18, around 1865, but he ends up residing in Donnellan, New Jersey. Donnellan? I'm not sure. That's still around? Uh, I did look it up, and it says 25 miles from New Jersey in Raritan County. Seems to still be around. Raritan Valley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So there he meets his second wife, the maniacally named Julia Elizabeth Baldwin Brown. Thank God she goes by Elizabeth, so we don't have to go through any of that. Julia Elizabeth. Julia Elizabeth. Any idea what happened to the first wife? The first wife died. Her name was Margaret Bremond, and she died in 1863. Okay. Probably like tuberculosis. Probably. Or I consumption. Mean, something. Dropsy. Wasn't dropsy a thing? <laughs> you could just go outside and stub your toe and die back then. <laughs> the vapors? Like it was the, the vapors? Vape, the vapor sounds terrible. <laughs> I think that was just like faint. I feel faint. I have the vape. Everything in my head, it's just like I feel faint or I have gas. Like it's you, like one of those. Two. If you cut yourself real bad, you could die back then. You like could. it's just like it's, it's it's crazy. Like everything was so it, fucking dangerous. So tenuous. He cut his finger real bad, got an infection, he died like a week later. And then we wonder why all <laughs> the infants looked like they were 50 years old and had a mortgage. <laughs> Yeah, the seven-year-olds did look like they were. 50. They did. They were like, I have a lot so on my mind. Got like coal all over them. <laughs> oh man, what a shitty time! Second wave is downtown Julia Brown, who goes by Elizabeth. Yeah, Julia Elizabeth Baldwin Brown. Yeah. Jeb, you can call her Jeb, <laughs> but she's Elizabeth. JBB. When Will was drawing up his will, I'm going to call it Will's will from now on. <laughs> He decides to leave a large portion of his estate to found the William Marsh Rice Institute for the Advancement of Literature, Science, and Art in Houston, but he stipulates that the institute begins after his death. So Elizabeth begins having strokes in the late 1890s, and she somehow meets a really shady lawyer who encourages her to sign a separate will that will dedicate some of William's wealth to her family and give 10% to the lawyer. I think her family sent that lawyer. Yeah, you scoop up they, some of that money while yeah. she after she had a stroke. Can she have a, a will that su- supersedes his will? 18, this lawyer convinced her she could. Eighteen hundreds, okay. anything goes back then. So Elizabeth dies in eighteen ninety six, and when William finds out about the secret will, he begins filing lawsuits to contest it. At the same time, he also hires a new valet named Charles Jones. Valet. Valet. New valet, Charles Jones. This, Charles is my, Jones. this is my valet, Charles. It's fucking fancy. <laughs> so by this time, William seems to have become a Mr. Burns-type cranky millionaire. 
He's 84 years old, five foot four, and 90 pounds. <laughs> he's oh, eight, he's that saying. old in, in the 1800s? Yeah, late 1800s. That is, that's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. Who knew that Marie? Marie seems like a bit of a size queen over here, yeah. poking fun five. at little William. <laughs> no, I'm just I talking mean, about the the comparison five, to Mr. Burns. Mr. Five, Burns is like a little piece of paper. Foot Ninety pounds is tiny. <laughs> it is. See, wear a men's, tiny. a men's four shoe. It's so small, small as that guy's feet. Um, so, no, so he's <laughs> five feet tall, ninety pounds. No, five four. You five said four. four. Oh, Still five oh, four, ninety pounds said, is like. Oh. Then you're stretched five, out like a little oh, color form. A color know. form. She's five, poking fun at a five four. You know, five five four is you know. It's <laughs> not, I thought you said five feet. Okay. Well, is that so. funnier? Five feet is funnier. <laughs> five four is a normal. Yeah, it can be a normal size. Okay. So I was trying to find some 1900-era slang for cranky old man to describe this guy, but the only thing I found was rusty guts. <laughs> oh, rusty, rusty guts. Old rusty guts isn't bad. Yeah, so it's kind of like an old curmudgeon. But, you know, meanwhile, there were 500 different words for women at all points in their lives, and then there's zero for, like, old man, grumpy, none of that. Geezer. Geezer. Probably that was around at that point. Rusty guts I like a rusty lot. Rusty guts great. Yeah. Um, so I mean, during, he's upset. His wife died. He's probably upset. Then he finds out, he finds out about the she's giving world. money away secretly. Of course, yeah. he's miserable. Yeah. And he finds yeah. out he's ninety pounds. He's yeah. like, oh my god, <laughs> he has had it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Charles is not Smithers to Mister Burns. Okay. He meets Albert Patrick, one of the lawyers representing Elizabeth's side of the lawsuit. Uh, Charles Charles is going to try to get some money. The pair begins discussing William's wealth and realizes they could try to steal a cut. So Charles and Albert decide to dose William with mercury pills to launch their scheme. You know what? I bet you you could buy mercury pills like down the street. Probably. There's probably three places in that town where you could buy different mercury <laughs> that pills. That little news kid is probably like, extra, <laughs> extra. Yeah. I got mercury <laughs> pills mercury, and newspapers. Mercury pills, newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> you buy everything in like a pharmacy back then. Yeah, totally. Um, hey, hey, Chuck, you know you know how much mercury we need to kill a five foot ninety pound guy? This is nothing. It's gonna cost us like twelve two cents. cents. Yeah. Two hay pennies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out that mercury pills only make William weaker. They don't kill him. <laughs> so they're just now dealing with a. He's you don't want to look too suspicious. It's got to be a long-term thing. But he's already fairly weak being right. five, four, 90 pounds. How much weaker can and he get? And 84. Man, I can't believe he's still alive I at know, this point I in, know. in this year. So they scrap the mercury and instead <laughs> right, try guys. chloroform. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love how they're just... <laughs> They're just probably They're just in the experiment. pharmacy. They're just in the pharmacy. All right, which one do we have? Do we uh, get rat poison yeah. or do we get <laughs> chloroform? Like, are they going to ventilate his room with chloroform? Or are they going to actually put it on a handkerchief? We'll see. And put we'll it over see. his nose. Just get him. He's like, oh, he keeps oh, why he's sleeping, up. maybe. Put some chloroform on him. All right, we got Greg Adamas. Um, so... Charles borrows some chloroform from his brother because it was apparently a prescribed sleep aid at oh, this time. Man. Could you imagine? If I mean, you overdo that, you are a dead, uh, literally a dead person. Could I, you imagine that's how? Like we have melatonin gummies now. They were <laughs> they were fucking passing out on. I'm like put on this handkerchief over your face and wait until you're seeing chloroform. spots. Yeah. Just, yeah, just take a couple whiffs of this and you'll just pass out. <laughs> Oh man, that's oh man, that is funny. Yeah, 
So um, on September 23rd, 1900, Charles places a sponge soaked in chloroform over William's face while he sleeps. Sponge. It's a bad vessel. And then he covers the sponge with a towel to weigh it down and ensure that he didn't breathe it off. He waits 30 He's minutes. He's so weak. Just like so- he can't move a sponge. <laughs> and they weigh it down with a towel. <laughs> yeah. like, man, They'll never get this off with a like, towel. They've got like four guys holding him down. He's 90 pounds. <laughs> Uh, he might dying. be able to get that towel off his face. <laughs> throw it, uh, the sponge. Throw a towel on it. Hurry up. Throw a towel on it. Oh, my God. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. So he waits 30 minutes and then calls a doctor to report William's death. And here comes the dumb. Sweet. Bang. <laughs> The day after William's murder, Albert and Charles conspire to write four checks from William's account, two for $25,000 each, one for $65,000, and another for $135,000. You want to spread it out. You don't want to alert anyone. Don't, uh, spread out a small sums. Yeah, don't even, don't in even 18, wait. In 1900. Yeah, yeah. Don't, even, don't even wait. Just the, the next day, just start writing checks. Oh, my God. Six-figure checks. Yeah. So they want to cash the checks before the banks discover that William is dead. Charles forges the checks and makes them out to Albert Patrick. But on one of the checks, he misspells Albert, leaving out the L. Albert doesn't notice the misspelling either. (laughs) But a bank teller does and calls William's house to confirm that the check should be cashed. Charles answers the phone and confirms that the transaction is legitimate. Albert also produces a new Will's will that reroutes Will's estate to him. But like the checks, the will is riddled with forgeries. Just, you can see forgeries just, all over he it. Just, he just writes his own will. Like, yeah. yeah. Just sitting at his table. <laughs> That's crazy. So here comes more dumb. Oh, yeah. Dumb, 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 dumb. When Albert is questioned about the checks in the will, he claims that William died of natural causes because he ate too many bananas. <laughs> We tried to stop him. We told him. We told him he was in trouble, and he just wouldn't do it. So this is the quote: Did he did he die because like he like choked on a banana, or no. did he like overdose? He, he overdosed on bananas, according to them. So, um, like, Albert, what are they saying? What is too many bananas? Okay. Are they that's what I'm. Oh, oh okay. too much potassium. Fine. Potassium poisoning. Albert says. He died because he was, quote, following the advice of some woman. He ate nine bananas, five baked, and four raw. This caused acute indigestion, end quote. <laughs> acute, acute indigestion. So the doctor who was called after William's death agrees that the bananas and old age together is it's, what killed William Rice. It is, you know what? His stomach it, just exploded. It was. With an, all it these was bananas, bananas in there. Sir. Was he eating Sir, the peels astute, too? Astute observation. It was the bananas. Oh, he ate bananas. Okay. <laughs> the doctor like death. gets a stethoscope, yeah. listens. Thank he's God. like, shh, 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 shh. I'm gonna. I'm pretty certain <laughs> cause like, of death was B A N A N A S bananas. Sorry. Did this man just eat bananas? <laughs> was it over? Eat bananas? We've seen us once before in Dodge City. Yeah, also, it's 1900. It could be like these exotic bananas are killing everybody. Like yeah, maybe were, they, like, were they green? Maybe that he was is, the first person to have a banana. That is Who an knows? exotic fruit back then. Early 1900s. Is that a plantain? You sure it was a banana? 
How long was it? Did he smoke the banana peels? <laughs> so Albert also says that it's William's wish to be cremated, but the coroner learns of the bank <laughs> debacle and halts the cremation. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We can't. We can't cremate this we, body yet. We you can't burn that many bananas once yeah, they're toxic to, fumes. The whole city will be high. <laughs> we need to test it, that he did truly eat nine bananas. <laughs> so William is embalmed instead. With all the suspicious circumstances surrounding his death, an autopsy is ordered. But his the blood em- smelled like circus peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he had so many bananas. So um, the embalming <laughs> He's fluid. In a yellow suit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are we up to? Autopsy is ordered, but the embalming fluid makes determining a, ca- a cause of death difficult. After some stops and starts with the cause of death, chloroform is finally discovered wow. in his body. Wow. How did they get yeah, to that? Was, yeah, I was going to say, how did they wow. get to that? They got to that by symptoms. That they, they found um, symptoms of what would be linked to chlor- chloroform. And there's also this method that just started being used in that time where you like burn part of the flesh and if it glows a certain color, it has chloroform in it. I'm definitely shrinking that down. So uh, check that's the poisoner's very, that's, handbook that's very, because... That's very interesting. Yeah, there, there were like some burning techniques of burning the flesh where that's you cool. could tell. That's interesting. I'm sure that... Yeah, yeah, okay. So Charles, you say you say he couldn't lift the sponge off his face. <laughs> Sounds like chloroform. <laughs> so Charles eventually learns that Albert never added him as a beneficiary in Will's will. Mm. So he became a witness for the prosecution. He confesses everything. Albert is convicted of forgery and murder on March twenty sixth, nineteen o two, and is sentenced to death. He serves his sentence in Sing Sing Prison in Ossining, New York. But within four years, his sentence is commuted to life because the cause of death and aut- autopsy were ultimately inconclusive. Medical experts could not agree on the definitive cause of death. Okay. Hmm. Albert is then pardoned in 1912. And that same year, the Rice Institute begins operating, becoming Rice University in 1960. So he was in there 12 years or about that? He, he was convicted on in 1902. Mm-hmm. His yeah. sentence was commuted in 1906. And then he was uh, pardoned in 1912. Mm. So 10 years. Yeah. Charles. That's, no. that's, yeah. 1902 to 1912. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's. Man, that's crazy. So the it comes up inconclusive. And then I guess because of his money and his wealth or, you know, because he's still a wealthy dude, he mm-hmm. probably gets some sort of influence to get this pardon. I then, think some of it had to do, honestly, with, first of all, he was a lawyer. So he spent all those years hammering away at those charges okay. and the questions of, like, different medical experts having different opinions about what happened. Did he ever get a retrial? No, he was pardoned completely. Wow. And then he starts Rice University. No, the mm-hmm. money from William Marsh Rice's will, yeah. who's the original banana guy, that started Rice University. Okay. So Charles Jones, the valet, Smithers, dies by suicide in 1954 at the Ooh. age of 79. So a large <laughs> statue of William that was a central point of Rice University's campus is moved to a much less populated area in 2022 and information acknowledging him as a slave owner is added mm. to the monument and there you have it 
I mean, we can recap the dumb, but this yeah. is a this is another fatal flaw that we see all the time where you have someone you're in cahoots with who's helped you and you cheat them over somehow. Even if it's not in cahoots, you're all, a wife, a spouse, someone who knows what you've done, and then you just cheat them somehow or don't give them their proper you, money. Well, on top of that, how can you be forging a check and miss the spelling of your own name. That to well, me is like and, and the the timeline. Like he dies and they're they're taking the, him next, the next the, the next morning. They, they, hey, I found these all these checks. Yeah, why not when he was weak? He's too yeah. weak to move a sponge. Yeah. Just write the check. He's not walking to the bank. Yeah. He's yeah, not. To, he's got he, no valet at this point. He's well, not to be to, the th- bank. to be fair, they did kill him on a Sunday, so they yeah. waited till the bank was open on Monday. It, yeah, it is that, but it is that like fatal flaw. Like we. Everybody out there, if you're gonna commit a crime with somebody, you gotta make treat sure right. you gotta make sure you treat each other right. It's just like a relationship. You gotta be sure. And still, you never know what that person's. Yeah. If I've seen one done uh, Dateline, I've seen them all, and people will turn on each other in prison like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Write the checks before he dies. Write <laughs> the checks. He's bedridden. The spell he is, check. He is it's like the long the play. Spelling. Hey, is, this yeah. is my name and something looks off. I'm surprised even, did they have, they had phones? I, I yeah, actually I can't know. place the invention of a phone right now. Yeah, they would have had, they could have had phone, phones by then. Okay. Is there a the f- little like hand cord. With the switchboard? You know. The quality's so bad. Chuck could have just been like, "Yeah, yeah, cash that check." Donnell in New Jersey, nine five five. Thanks, DB, for checking in. <laughs> cash away. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Ahoy, hoy. Ahoy, hoy is right. Release the hounds. <laughs> his number was like seven thirty two. Yo, call call William at seven thirty two and ask him if this check's good. All right, Jason's going to tell you where the find us (laughs) but stay tuned because if you're a true crime fan this segment of get to know maria you're not gonna want to miss oh i'm excited yeah okay get to know her so anyway before we get to the socials please everybody again uh like subscribe um review us on spotify itunes like the ratings those things help us a ton and share on social media yeah yeah just click the share button and uh if you like it, I'm sure your friends will like us too. So uh, we are Dumbline Podcast on all the socials, TikTok, Instagram, all that fun stuff. So come find us, uh, interact, and share those as well. And I will pass it back to Greg for everybody's favorite segment. Get to know Maria. <laughs> Get to know her. Maria, we're going to play a game of F, Mary Kill. I'm sure you know how this game yeah, goes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. If, you don't, if you're following along, you don't. F stands for fornicating. <laughs> we marry say fuck all the time. We kill. can say fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's we, fuck, we Mary curse kill. all over so, this podcast. I love that all of us now, now we <laughs> class it up. It's fornication forni- under the coronation. My mom might be listening. So your kids, oh, your, okay. your kids can listen to this This. This yeah. part of the show because not any longer because you and I said fuck about ten times <laughs> yeah. in the last five seconds. Yeah. My mom hates that word. She's oh, never well, said it in her life. My I don't mom. think. Oh, I would love to hear her say it sometime. Oh, my mom. So hates it. it's the worst. Again, word. we're gonna play fuck Mary Kill <laughs> with okay. Maria. All right, and she's I'm gonna excited. get three people. Okay. Out of John Walsh, you know him, Marcus Yeah, Walsh, yeah, I know him. Chris Hansen and Keith Morrison. Fuck, Mary, kill. What are you doing with these guys? Um, I, oh, God. 
I'm killing John Walsh. <laughs> he annoys me. I'm gonna too. kill. Yeah, he's just annoying. He's been around forever. I've just like I've no, you know, Chris Hansen. I guess. Oh, they're gonna roll around in the, in the yeah, sheets with Chris I Hansen. Yeah. I guess. Because I have to marry Keith Morrison. I have to marry Keith Morrison. What are you, Maria? What are you doing here with beers and condoms in your bag? <laughs> are you talking about crime? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening and giving us your time. My name is Greg. I'm Jason. I'm Maria. Take it easy. See you, everybody. Bye, dummies. <laughs>